It's May 4th, 1959, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Arian, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Little Richard, Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Buddy Holly, just a few of the artists who did not win awards at the first ever Grammy Awards. Were they shortlisted? The Everly Brothers were shortlisted. That was about as edgy as it got. That kind of tells you what you need to know about the first ever Grammy Awards. It was very MOTR, which is what we in the biz say. That's middle of the road. Uh, (laughs) Are you in the biz? This is an audio production, I'll have you know. So, yes, I do count myself as being in the biz. If you like Perry Como, Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, you would have loved to have been there. Well, you would have loved to have been at one of the events because actually, weirdly, the very first uh, Grammys took place in two separate locations. One on the West Coast in LA and the other on the East Coast in New York. Simultaneously, two parties, two groups of people. It sounds like all of the action was really over on the West Coast, but there was also a a rival breakaway gig for God knows why uh, over on the East. And were they broadcast on telly like that? No, they weren't broadcast for another 13 years. So what's the point? I mean, why do it simultaneously? Why not have everyone who's organised the awards getting two nice lunches? I mean, yeah. you know. Lunch in New York, <laughs> fly across to, to California and go have dinner there. Yeah. Talking about broadcasting, what's weird about the Grammys to me, Rebecca, is that it isn't broadcast here in the UK. So if you're listening internationally, you might have seen the Grammys loads. Here's the thing you might not know about Britain. None of us have seen the Grammys. So when we talk about the Grammys, and we talk about it sometimes with great authority, like, oh, do you remember when Lady Gaga came out of an egg? No, we don't. YouTube's changed that a bit, but not entirely, because it's not the same as watching a four-hour ceremony, is it, watching the highlights? Well, thank God. Well, I, f- <laughs> I feel like the reason it's never really caught on as an international TV event is probably to do with the amount of categories. Mm. Um, the original ceremony in 1959 had a respectable 28 categories. That's manageable. I, That's good. Yeah, a svelte number. Do you any guesses how many there are now? Ooh. Five million. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Circa 100. It's actually 83, which yes, seems manageable in comparison with its peak in 2009 when there were 110 Grammy categories. Look, announced in one evening. Presumably, although it's probably like the Oscars, isn't it? They probably start yeah. racing through them and it gets to the behind the cameras people. Yeah, the Oscars, they have a whole separate ceremony for the ones people don't care about, don't they? And then they just put it together in a five-minute montage. Also announced some technical awards for some hairy men. <laughs> Weirdly, the very first awards, the only one that Frank Sinatra won, even though he was the most nominated artist of the year with six nominations, was for a weird technical award and he actually got the award for best designed album cover which apparently he was involved in in some capacity maybe just because it was his face that was, I was on gonna it. say yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah he won that one but didn't take away any of the the majors best album best song yeah the record and song of the year was nel blue de pinta di blue by dominic modugno which you may know as volare uh-huh. It was covered. Can you give us a burst? Great you know it. uh, It's one that goes, Volare. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's an absolute banger, yeah, obviously. Yeah, fair enough. But it's not what you would call um, the cutting edge of music, even in 1959. And the other major awards went to the likes of Count Basie, Ella Fitzgerald, Perry Como. Obviously all great artists, but maybe more suited to the 1949 (laughs) Grammys. Well, you're all picking out like facts from the 1959 Grammys and somehow overlooking that beyond all of that, there were three (laughs) nominations for the Chipmunk song. Can we just talk on that for a second? (laughs) So they were up against Fee 
Fever by Peggy Lee for record of the year. <laughs> they won Best Comedy Performance, Best Children's Recording, and Best Engineered Record, brackets, non-classical, close brackets. That now, were robbed in the main category. Th- they were. <laughs> but I was trying to work out what it would be about Christmas Don't Be Late by Alvin and the Chipmunks that would convince the jury that they were worthy of quite so much recognition at the first Grammys. And I wonder if that technique of speeding up the voices so grown men sound like chipmunks was in itself quite novel. Surely that in itself would have put them into one of the weird obscure categories, although maybe with only 28 categories at the time, they didn't have a place for high-tech production or whatever. So it was either (laughs) chipmunk song of the year or nothing. (laughs) I think you might be on something with that, actually, Ollie, because the creator of the chipmunk song, sadly not Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, it's Ross Bagdasarian Sr., who went by the stage name David Seville. Uh He was also the creator of the Witch Doctor song, which uses the same sped-up technology. So people genuinely could... Could not get enough of One it. One trick pony. Well, I didn't know that um, Christmas Don't Be Late was by Alvin and the Chipmunks when I was a kid because I had a Disney Christmas album in which Chip and Dale sing Hurry Christmas Don't Be Late. So I thought it was a Disney song. And then just today when I was thinking about this, I was like, hold on, which came first? Because I need to know now. Was it Alvin and the Chipmunks that came first and then Chip mm. and Dale were paying homage? <laughs> Cover version. <laughs> Cover version to more famous chipmunks? That doesn't seem like a very Disney thing to do. Uh, or did Chip and Dale come first, but then Alvin and the Chipmunks had the first successful Chipmunks record, so Chip and Dale covered it? Care to guess? It uh, must be that Chip and Dale came first. No, Chipmunks first. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> um, it was that Chip and Dale came first in 1943 wow. as characters but then this was a huge number one novelty song. In fact, it was the only Christmas record to reach number one on the Billboard Top 100 until All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey in 2019 on the re-release. That then Disney kind of had to cover it because they had the more famous chipmunks. I think the last big wave of the novelty songs was the late 90s, early 2000s, where you had stuff like Teletubbies, Bob the Builder, and Last Catch-Up... I have an incredible fact about the ketchup song. I'm saving this for our ketchup song episode, but you know, <laughs> go on. It, do you know what? This fact This fact is so good that I did think maybe we should do a future episode on it. I, I but, think we're I, definitely going to do a last ketchup episode, but go ahead, yeah. The nonsense lyrics of the chorus, right? I said a hip hop, yeah. a hippie dippy dippy, yeah. Yeah. The lyrics of the verses are about a man named Diego who goes to a nightclub and tries to sing along in his broken English mm-hmm. to the song... Rapper's Delight by Sugar Hill Gang. I had no idea. Yes? Never mind the Grammys, they deserve an Ivan Novello for that. That's amazing. (laughs) My mind was blown. I've been murmuring it under my breath ever since I read that. As you said, Rebecca, the 1958 ceremony was notable for some albums and artists that weren't nominated. because, And it's interesting that 1958 also saw the release of Johnny Cash's The Fabulous Johnny Cash, Chuck Berry's One Dozen Berries, and Miles Davis's Milestones. It was a very surname pun heavy (laughs) year. It really, Ollie, would have been your year. Do you have a pun? Because yeah. without that, you're not getting a record. But it is weird that those artists weren't uh, recognised. And it's something that's kind of continued throughout the history of the Grammys. There's just this mass of artists who were never recognised, including the likes of Jimi Hendrix, Bob Marley, Public Enemy, Queen, Snoop Dogg, Run DMC. You can create this whole other history of music, like pop music, that hasn't been included in Grammy lists of winners. And I mean, the elephant in the room really is that most of those artists you mentioned have something in common. Mm. Uh, 
which is that the Grammys have always been very white bread. I mean, obviously they have evolved slowly with the times, but definitely in this first ceremony, the only black artists who were recognised were in the jazz category. So they were quite pigeonholed, even in the rhythm and blues category, where you might think that there might be a bit more equity. The award went to the song Tequila, yet another novelty song. Oh, give yeah. us a blast of tequila. Go on. I enjoyed Valare. <laughs> Yeah, do you want me to do? Can I? Shall I do the whole instrumental and then we can all come in on tequila? I mean, that's irritating. I wouldn't even call it rhythm and blues. It's not really anything. Tequila. Oh, sorry. I thought we were still. As recently as 2017, Drake expressed like just abject bafflement when Hotline Bling won Best Rap Song of the Year, and as he got the award, he pointed out it's a bit weird because it's not even a rap song. So yeah, it's like just this history of the Grammys, kind of wanting to keep with it, but not at all being with it. Mm. They could have a category for Best Auto Tuned R and B, couldn't they? Which (laughs) actually would be quite competitive. Yeah, that would be the only category. Best song about an answer phone. Even that would probably have some entries. (laughs) (laughs) People ringing each other. (laughs) Tomorrow. She said that it might sap people's willingness to fight for their country if they saw how unpleasant war was. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 